All right, we are live, 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 live. Well, we're actually it's not really live, live, in one person's definition, because Bill Maher has coined the term live, live to mean that it's live and it's happening now. Ah, okay. But this you're hearing this in the future, <laughs> but we're live, and then it's taped. It depends on we are, I think. Uh, most of our own list listenership. That's true. <laughs> so it's mostly live live. Yeah, so it's primarily. It's live to the entire studio, studio audience, which is about the same size as the... The, the full the, audience. Yeah, of exactly. All yeah, 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 exactly. Coming in hot with the Bill Maher uh, references. <laughs> Classic, Kenny. I guess everything is... Uh, a lot of things are live live now that there's like YouTube live mm-hmm. and other live streaming things. And I know we're both like strongly in favor of doing this live. Uh, I actually forgot the name of the app that does the live audio. That was big two years ago, and you know has the black and white. Oh my gosh. Faces. <laughs> that would be called Clubhouse. Oh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah, right. Yeah, you forgot about it because nobody's talked about it in one uh, year and six yeah, months. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that seems likely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that really took the wind out of uh, out of my joke. <laughs> Both of us really wanting to, uh, you know, get big on Clubhouse by doing our live podcast recording. Right. Well, definitely one of us wanted to try that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I was, I was like, like, look, I'm just, I don't think it's a good idea, Kenny. I think that's silly. And, uh, and I had to shut it down. You know? Well, if Clubhouse was still around, they would probably have to have some layoffs. Like like everyone else. Like everyone else. Because this week there are two more big company layoffs in the news, Patreon and Twilio. This is Twilio. Let's see. They shortly after their acquisition of of SendGrid, I think. Okay. Uh, which was I guess not terribly shortly. It was like sometime this year. Uh, Twilio wasn't. Oh, and they acquired Segment, which is another big one. So it is interesting. Like you know, uh, this was in. Oh, I see. Also, sometime ago, November twenty twenty. So yeah, I guess the downturn is really hitting them now. But it is interesting. Right. You know, having done two pretty high profile acquisitions, but were in the billions of dollars each. Uh, now things have dramatically changed and they're cash strapped and, uh, and cutting back. Right. Those, that macro environment is, uh, it's getting everybody. Yeah. Well, once again, this is a bummer for all the people involved, but once again, I click on the notes and I hit command F and I search for the word responsibility and look at that right here on Patreon. He says, I take full responsibility for choosing that original path forward and for the changes today, which will be very difficult for our team. That's Patreon. And uh, Twilio, you can do the same thing. You can click on it. You can hit Command F. You can search for responsibility. Well, you actually have to go to the main note. Where is it? Right. Not the letter to employees, yes. Uh, and if you were curious whether or not they're going to take responsibility, he's got the sentence. I take responsibility for those decisions as well as the difficult decision to do this layoff. Wow. That's so brave. So they're all taking responsibility. But how are they taking it? We'll never know because they never say how. Nope. They just say that they take it. And I don't think that's enough. This is my new thing is that you have to explain why you're taking responsibility for it to count. <laughs> and uh, they won't do it. They won't say how. Uh, they both lay out a very minimal explanation of why they created an operating plan uh, to, you know, in expectation of uh, more outside, you know, more growth at the rate that they saw during the pandemic. Yep. Uh, I guess 
uh, Twilio is a little less explicit than Patreon, which specifically calls out in the, the same uh, paragraph with the responsibility sentence uh, is specifically saying pandemic introduced vol uh, volatility into the broader trend and caused uh, you know outside outsized growth uh, for Patreon that was uh, ultimately unsustainable. So uh, it is it is a bold uh, you know <laughs> it's a it's a quick turn here from four uh, four sentences explaining why they had a totally reasonable expectation of having continued growth and then the final sentence doing the uh, you know. But ultimately, uh, that was bad, and, it, and it's my fault. I take responsibility. Right, right. Yeah. But of course, it was the. I mean, how could they have known that economic conditions caused by a global pandemic would change right. when the global pandemic changes? Right, and then things that move, having our world move entirely online and be digital for two years would not stay that way for forever. Right. Yeah. Though, frankly, bit of a bummer that uh, that that it isn't. <laughs> would have been nice. Yeah, so that's Patreon, Twilio, both added to, add to the list. Yep. Along with uh, the many, many others we've covered in, in recent mm -hmm. uh, recent months. It's true. Uh, I got one here, Don't Be Spooky, which I thought was uh, pretty great. Okay. One of my least favorite things is uh, getting that message on Slack, the, uh, hey, can you talk sometime? Or, you know, mm -hmm. we need to talk, which is maybe the worst uh, possible version of this. Right. Uh, this is mostly in the context of uh, if you're a manager, you know, working with your employees, uh, don't do the hey, can you talk? And certainly don't do just the hey, which is something that I think we've... That uh, is so bad. <laughs> Have we talked about that on the podcast before? I think I think maybe. Okay. Uh, I mean, and someone else also verbalized this. And yeah. the, the lone hey, one of the worst things so bad. you can do. So awesome. bad. And then you click on the message and then you just sit there waiting while it says the person's typing. For minutes. For minutes. That's right. And you're like... Why didn't you just wait to hit enter? Yeah. Or just hit shift enter, which <laughs> adds a line break without sending the message. That's a pro tip for you out there, for all the managers out there. Yep, exactly. So don't be spooky. This is a blog post from uh, tiramisu.bearblog.dev. And uh, interesting thing is that, uh, let's see here. This, you know, this blog post got a bit of traction on Hacker News. And then shortly thereafter, uh, another post by the same person got posted. Let me quickly find that. Ah, and this one really up my alley. And I got the order wrong, it looks like. Mm. Uh, the first one that got a little bit of traction. Oh, no, I was right originally. Don't be spooky. One out there uh, three days ago. And then uh, someone looking through the archives of this blog and decided to post on eating out alone, uh, which is uh, another one from this blog that... Uh, I uh, I like as a person who likes going out to grab some dinner, you know, at a restaurant, uh, solo, which is not something a lot of people do. Right. And, uh, this guy's talking, trying to investigate his own kind of feelings of why he feels awkward when he does that. What is, uh, uh, What are the reasons? Uh, I think it's uh, you know you kind of just feel like you are being judged by the other people around you. Mm -hmm. We're all with people, especially if you're at the kind of place where you sit down at a table and order. Uh, but you know, mostly it's kind of, he's settling on the notion that this is, you know, uh, unreasonable, unreasonable, uh, thing to be feeling having this aversion. Okay. So he makes a point of going out and doing it, you know, bring a book, eat at a leisurely pace and just feel like you belong in a place Yeah. at, at this restaurant. I like, like that. All the other, all the other, uh, patrons. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's a great thing that we could all, uh, do to do a little more. I like the bringing a book part because I was actually about to ask what what your thoughts are on what you do while eating alone. 
if you right. use your phone. I do. Have you been to a restaurant where you're alone with the with a waiter? Uh, certainly. Yeah. Okay. Though I don't, I still prioritize restaurants that don't have waiters. Right. Mainly if I'm going out, I'll just go to like a place that is counter surf. Right. Those ones, food. I feel like that's easy though. That's then easy. you can do whatever you want. There's yeah. no expectations. Right. But if there's a wait, a place that's like fancy enough to have a waiter and that whole system. Well, then I do the same thing I do at Taco Bell, which is I will watch YouTube on my phone. You will watch you. So you put headphones in. Yep. And, and watch YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the person uh, comes around and you take the headphones out. To mm-hmm. Yeah. Get you, more have a, you have uh, something to say about it? No, I'm just curious. I'm just I'm just trying to decide if, how socially acceptable I think that is. Okay. Yeah. The eating alone, totally socially acceptable. But the, the yeah, just the, head, the Walk, headphones, the headphones in the restaurant. I have a thing with headphones. I don't like, I don't. But when headphones alone, I think is okay. So yeah, I think I'm on board with this. I think I'm on board. I think uh, headphones you, in group settings, I can't. I can't deal with. Well, sure, but this is headphones alone. But the waiter, it adds a complication because you need to have your ears unimpeded so they can come over without feeling guilty and ask you questions. No, it's not about the waiter. It's more about the like social, socially appropriate, social appropriateness. Like you feel like you're. In a place where I, yourself in a public setting. Yeah, yeah. In a, way that in a place where I shouldn't be, where I shouldn't have my headphones in. Yeah, I will say if I saw someone doing what I do and watching YouTube with AirPods in, yeah, at a restaurant, uh, that's a totally it would a totally different uh, thing or experience than seeing someone reading a book at a table. Yes, reading yes. a book at a table, it's like that yeah. person's got their got their stuff together. Yeah, they know that's impressive. Yeah, they're living their best life. Yeah, the YouTube guy, that's that's, uh, that's tough. Some questions, you know what? That person, it's probably fine, and I'm not going to judge them. You yeah. know, you can you can do that. You know, which you clearly do. It's fine. Uh, but you know, maybe they should have gone to Mod Pizza as well. You know, right, right. Yeah. This really took a turn. Now I'm just going to, out of spite, go to only waiter restaurants and sit there, not even acknowledge yeah. the waiter when they come over. Don't take my AirPods out. Yeah. There's, so there's a level of fanciness where it act, they would actually say, like, please please don't have your headphones in, right? Or something, you think? No. Never? No. Well, in, like, a really fancy restaurant or, like... I mean, like, Michelin star? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Have you been to a restaurant... I think yeah, I have been, not very often, but I think I've been to a restaurant where if I was there eating alone and I had my headphones in, uh-huh. I think it would would have been, would be a problem. I'm not they talking about no. like Applebee's. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about like a real, like, like a restaurant I, where there's like a dress code. Applebee's has some Michelin stars, right? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Michelin stars aside, the kind of things where it's like a full experience or something and they, you know, maybe where like half of it is just the waiter explaining to you what you're eating or something but like i i think if anything as you get a little fancier they're less likely to tell you what to do if you're paying a lot of money right to eat and ordering things like maybe you should go get nice tea and you sit at a table for a long time and they're already mad at you or something Hmm. but at a nice enough restaurant i feel like they get less you know they kind of would be more afraid of whoever the customer is being you know uh if they're paying a lot of money, they kind of can do what they want at a really pricey place. Maybe, maybe. But this this does turn a little bit at super fancy, where the star of the show is kind of the chef. Yeah, and you're just kind of there. I'm just I'm thinking at like dress code level, where you have to like a place where you have to wear a tie, which I actually don't think I've, I don't think I've ever been to a place like that. But they do exist. Like sure, 
I mean, this would be really fun to do. It would be really fun <laughs> to go yeah. there yeah. and be fully in the dress code, follow yeah. all the rules, but sit there with your headphones and watching some ridiculous YouTube video. Better yet, watch that video without headphones, <laughs> with phone speakers, watching Mr. Beast or something. Okay. So that's on eating out alone. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's don't be spooky and do eat out alone. <laughs> that's right. Don't. Don't be spooky and eat out with, with other people. <laughs> <laughs> if you can. Okay. What's increase.com? Uh, what if there was a bank, but it was digital? I don't think anyone's had this idea before. Isn't that all of them, though? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think they're this digital. This is super digital. Okay. Yeah. There's no way to get more digital than this. It's just a one and a zero. <laughs> <laughs> you can only have either zero or one dollar in your yeah. bank account. Yeah. <laughs> I... This this comes along every. Frankly, this podcast has has outlasted, uh, I think, multiple uh, digital banking startups. I yeah. think you were banking with a company that went under potentially. Yeah, I don't remember the name of that. I, around that time, I created an account through with Mercury. I was about to say Mercury, but apparently that's the one that still exists. Yes, so Aslo. Aslo, that's right. A Z L O. Yeah, they went down. Uh, Mercury. I mean, all of these are trying to you know. Be all digital friendly, startup friendly, good UI. Mm -hmm. Increase, you know. I don't really know what the uh, the kind of like real differentiator is that increases to, uh, is attempting to have here because mm -hmm. I do feel like, you know, <laughs> they refer many times to the fact that they are like exposing data that they've gathered from the Federal Reserve as well as their own internal APIs for actually doing banking, uh, issuing cards, you know, creating transfers and uh, payments and things like that mm -hmm. but you know this api looks just you know extraordinarily uh similar to what i what i would expect from the mercury api or even like the plaid api which would then work cross bank as well hmm. so it is uh it is curious i mean it's just something that i like to clock just yeah. to keep an eye on because you know even going back like well over 20 years this was the idea with x.com was like oh, oh the yeah. internet bank you know Elon Musk's like second company like before he started Tesla or SpaceX or any of those and didn't really pan out then uh, and I and I, I feel like but now it's like the opposite thing where I feel like it's it's already panned out in some sense from these other super well funded banking startups uh, but despite all that 554 points and seems to be a lot of enthusiasm for it um, at the same time that there's maybe a bit of a cooling of enthusiasm around Stripe. Um, for various hmm. reasons uh, that I'm not sure I really have a grasp of. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, pretty website, increase.com. Yeah, good website. So it's just an, it's only an API is their only way to access them. So it's like for other people to build on top of. I see. I think. When okay. I request an invite, I have to tell them what, what, I, what I'm working on. Oh, wow. Okay. Which then gave me the idea that maybe I can make a front end, but it's only a command line tool to interact with your bank. I think that'd be fun. You have yeah. to like, like, just t go to terminal and type like bank C total or something. Yeah, you right. List accounts. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Make it hackery. LS. Yeah. ACCT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something. And you could probably build that on top of the Plaid API because that you know for that thing, you obviously, at least I don't think anyone would choose to bank with you exclusively because of your nice CLI front end. They uh, might. They might though. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but Plaid, I think, offers a lot of that functionality. They could sign in, you could store their credentials, and then you could just have 
that CLI actually oh, yeah, for any banks on the back end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that Plaid has uh, the 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 finance app that I use, Copilot, uses Plaid as a back end, and Plaid still has some work, some work to do, some work to do. Yeah, like American Express, you have to re-verify every two days. You have to type in your passcode again into huh. the app, which is pretty annoying. Probably not a limitation coming from Plaid, though. It is. It's well. It's the. It's between Plaid and American Express is okay. where that is happening. You don't think it's something that American Express mandated? Oh, it may, yeah. It might be like the security side of American Express. Okay. But it's not something that I can control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What is why you would change banks just to get access to a nice CLI that remembers your credentials. For exactly. More yes. Right. Coming, yeah, that makes coming a very soon. reasonable thing, and I'm, I'm sure there are dozens of you. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, moving from banking to something much more fun. There's a great game. I can't remember the last time I've seen a game this successful on Hacker News, maybe yeah. ever, but it has 1,300 points. Again, not that I'm a point counter, mm-hmm. but that is why I clicked on it. A show HN. It's a one-page game. Very fun. I think it probably you could probably... Get solve it in like ten minutes. I don't know how long uh, you spent. How long did you spend on it? I spent under ten minutes okay. before I threw my computer against yeah, the wall. You can give yeah. up after about ten minutes, uh-huh. but it's very fun. There's a little bunny and a dog. Two bunnies. <laughs> Two bunnies. Okay, and a dog. it's very complicated to the users who haven't seen this. All right, I'm not an idiot. If there was one bunny, I could have solved it. We're, we're getting laughed at by the live audience over oh, there. Oh my goodness. Very rude at the live audience. <laughs> this is why you never record live or have other friends. Um, but anyways, this game, yeah, you have the, you have two rabbits and a dog, and you have to get the dog to the bone and the rabbits to the carrot, and there are little rules. What happened? No, nothing great. Yeah, that's it. There's paths that you can only traverse conditionally based yeah. on whether one of the animals is on a dot marked with a particular icon. Yeah. Yeah. What and were you just laughing at? Just at what the audience member is thinking as we describe this <laughs> verbally it's a ridiculous new kind of puzzle with puppies and bunnies um it's very fun and then the it, it's uh it's not it's complex enough that you have to think a little bit but not so complex that um you can't solve it like it would definitely it won't take okay. you again pretty rude <laughs> it won't it won't take you like a half hour to solve like it's and you don't need there's no knowledge that you have to like really have yeah yeah a lot of like fiddly dragging of little animals. Yeah. Though, if they didn't do the thing where when you start clicking and dragging on an animal, you know, it highlights which squares you're allowed or which dots you're allowed to move it to, which is very nice. If they didn't do that, it would be, it would be real, real tricky. I almost, I actually don't even know if I noticed that it did that. I do see that it does that. The blue highlight. Yeah, I wasn't even paying attention to that. I was just trying, I tried it first to move it to a a white circle and Mm -hmm. it didn't work. And I, yeah, I didn't even notice, but you're right. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. So you're saying that you're just so much better than me because you figured it out even without the blue highlights. (laughs) Here I am giving up almost immediately. Uh, the other fun thing I like about this, though, is you uh, you you don't have to ever refresh the page. Like you're not ne- you never get to a point where you're like, oh, I need to undo something. Hmm. You can keep on. Somehow the logic is where there's like no state that you get to in the in the like state diagram where you're stuck and have to start over. You uh, know that for certain, or something you just discovered? I just discovered it because I think I made a whole bunch of mistakes at the beginning, and but I just kept on moving. The pieces around and you were able to get back to it and I, start state or something. yeah or at least i was still able to solve it okay yeah, yeah. 
there's nothing un that's not undoable. Exactly. With yeah. enough time, yeah, time right. around the loop. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Cool puzzle. Uh, like you said, really wild how successful this was. Like for some context, this got 1,300 points. The death of Queen Elizabeth II got just under 1,600. The Ethereum merge got 1,500. <laughs> so like these are like you know once in a generation kind of events that got a rough and then the yeah i mean this one it got more points than the adobe acquiring figma which was you know the all i heard about on twitter basically for all of uh all of thursday that's true and we're not even going to talk about that i don't think i don't think it's on unless you have any you have any thoughts uh, uh, thumbs up thumbs down uh well i guess congrats to everybody at figma and mm -hmm. uh bummer for the world maybe because i don't know i've never been a big fan of adobe yeah, I don't like any of their software, and I don't use any of it, and I have alternatives to everything that they have. Okay, yeah. I use Pixelmator instead of Photoshop, and Final Cut instead of Premiere, mm -hmm. Yeah, all the way down the line. Well, I will say the $50 mem uh, membership that I briefly had when I was working on Bagel um, and had some sort of need to do some graphic design occasionally uh, for all of Adobe Creative Cloud does seem like one of the, the better bundles in terms of value out there hmm. you get access to almost all of adobe's creative products wait for 50 dollars a month 50 a month yeah. okay so i it just yeah i think that felt high when i was a child right it yeah. still does i think it felt high probably feels high to most people actually yeah though so in terms of just like the sheer number of products you get in there salt yeah. cloud connected too which i remember being impressed by mm -hmm. just because i feel like taking these super legacy code bases and moving them all online um to be you know capable of like cloud-based collaboration and stuff. I just can't even imagine the magnitude of that of that effort. Yes. I feel the same way about the online Microsoft Office products that they seem to have yeah. pretty successfully all moved to, to cloud and fully replicated those interfaces and yeah. all, all in web. So um, yeah, Herculean effort. And I think it's a decently good deal. Here's my question that maybe you can answer me. Mm -hmm. There seems to be just, it seems to be taken as a given that Adobe is going to run this into the ground and make it bad. And I don't know, like, are there other examples of this that are noteworthy of Adobe um, acquisitions that went sour? I think they're probably just referring to every big company acquisition of all time. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, there were definitely some defenders in the comments because people were, uh, you know, pointing out the usual suspects. Admittedly, these are all Google, but Google Maps, Google Earth, YouTube, and Android, all acquisitions from Google that have gone on to be, like, immensely popular and symbiotic with the rest of Google mm -hmm. and, you know, beloved. I could come up with a longer list just as quickly <laughs> of, <laughs> of failed ones. Uh, what, Dropbox and Mailbox? That's that still one bitter. becomes still bitter, <laughs> still bitter. Um, I don't, of course, don't have anything to say about this because it relates to stuff that I work on somewhat, but uh, there was a, a weather acquisition by some company at some point recently. Hmm. That it's people almost like are that's upset later about. on the list, and uh, yeah. you, we should talk about it. <laughs> uh, I, this is one of mine, so feel free to just sit there silently. Uh, but yeah, Dark Sky officially shutting down operations on December 31st after getting uh, acquired by Apple, what, a few years ago? A couple years ago? 20, yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, but there are some... Yeah, I, I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here silently. You're doing great. You're doing great. Keep it up. Uh, there are some people who are a little sad that uh, you know theoretically all of its functionality has been incorporated into the weather app, and that's why it's getting sunset. But uh, 
the current weather app doesn't have the time machine feature of Dark Sky, so you can't go back and see what the weather was in previous days. Mm -hmm. And as uh, I discovered as I ate breakfast in the middle of a rainstorm earlier this morning, uh, they don't always show you the next hour precipitation graph. They seem to have some heuristic for when you deserve to see it and when you should just suffer knowing nothing. And that, that's an interesting uh, interesting feature of Apple weather that I don't believe uh, Dark Sky uh, had implemented. So that's always exciting. Right, right. I, I think those are all correct statements <laughs> that you said. I would say if anybody out there is also that, I think some also people were bummed that uh, Dark Sky had an Android app. And the Android app is getting shut down or slash was shut down already. Um, but so if you still wanted to use uh, the, the dark sky under the hood stuff, you can go to uh, apple.com slash iPhone uh-huh. and uh, right. just, just just buy the thing that you see that. Oh, okay. and then you'll be able to get dark sky again Good yeah. in the weather app. So for the low, low price of $700, you can know what the weather is again. <laughs> Well, sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. Uh, do you? Dark Sky was paid app, right? One time purchase, maybe. Maybe. Back I had Dark Sky. I can't. I definitely wasn't paying a subscription for it, but I can't remember what okay. I. Paid it for was it. definitely not free because I remember not downloading it mm, mm-hmm. because it costs something. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, you know, people who bought it thinking that they'd have access to the app. I mean, maybe it'll keep working on Android for. Uh, I'm gonna, okay, so they're taking the app down, so it goes away off people's phones, or the service requires servers that are going to get shut down. So I guess I guess this really is going going away. It's not just no more updates. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, Dark Sky is a, I like the history of Dark Sky because uh, my pal Danny Hillis started Hillis. it. Started it. Uh, yeah. I didn't or know or funded that. or funded the beginning of it or something. Um, also, he's not my pal. But right, I do like yeah, Daniel. We don't know. But you yeah. like him. Yeah. Cool guy. Um, he co-founded Applied Minds, the mm-hmm. company, which I think Dark Sky is a spinoff of. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. So I'm seeing a Daring Fireball article. Dark Sky partners with Applied Invention. But Applied Minds is oh. what it's actually called. I thought. Uh, there might The first one might have been Applied Minds and then Applied Invention. Okay. It's unclear. But mostly Danny Hillis is the long now. Yes. If in terms of things that he's probably best known for. Yes. I also had a f- uh, know somebody who went to his house uh, for like a dinner because he like hosts these dinners with people to have discussions. And yeah. apparently his house is just crazy and is mm-hmm. like secret rooms, secret staircases, tunnels, all wow. that. Like just like childhood dream. Yeah. Future house thing. Incredible. Which is awesome. Very Bruce Wayne as well. Yes. Live in a manner with some secret passageways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gotta love it. Uh, okay. So in other news, Uber is investigating a breach of its computer systems. Okay. Uh, this is a New York Times report, but it was it was covered all over the place. But um, yeah, it looks like somebody breached Uber's internal services and back end and stuff. And it uh, seems like the person claiming responsibility is an 18-year-old. And they claim to have, uh, and in, this is a scenario actually where somebody's taking responsibility and really owning it. <laughs> this 18 year old's calling up the New York Times saying, yep, it was me, and here's how I did it. And he did it with uh, social engineering of uh, just calling the right people and getting employees to hand over passwords. So, 
a pro tip to all the tech people out there, probably don't just read somebody a password over the phone. You're probably getting hacked. You probably don't do that. Okay, You're probably that getting hacked. Idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, a lot of this, uh, a lot of discussion in the comments just about multi-factor authentication and it's... Uh, it's downside to the scenarios where it doesn't work, including the one where your employees tell people their passwords over the phone, which is, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll do it, I would say. Yeah, there's a great line in the New York Times piece that was like, it seems like, uh, the, quote, the quote from some cybersecurity person is, it seems like maybe there's this kid who got into Uber and he doesn't know what to do with it and is having the time of his life. Because <laughs> he's like posting on their internal Slack as people saying like, mm -hmm. I hacked you guys and then apparently people were replying to that slack message thinking that it was a joke from somebody at the company oh yeah but it wasn't it was the that's 18 year olds who hacked them it's and i mean it's pretty bold this guy he what called the new york times and like stated his identity or is he still fully anonymous i would guess that he's anonymous all but it doesn't specify in the article it just says the person who has claimed responsibility for the hack told the new york times okay blah blah, blah. i wonder how he proved that it was him to the New York Times. Yeah, it sounds like the New York Times is not completely convinced since oh, interesting. he, with the phrase, claimed responsibility. Gotcha, yeah. Um, but also convinced enough to, to report it, so probably is the guy. Yeah. I wonder if he could face any repercussions. Oh, I'm sure. I'm but sure Uber could... Could really come... Could come really come after him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, Luckily, uh, he's 18 and probably doesn't have any money. So. True. Yeah. But, yeah. But, Filing for uh, for bankruptcy at eighteen to uh, you know avoid uh, yeah the, the huge litigation from from Uber is uh, that's how you know you're a true lead hacker. Yeah. <laughs> Another one you got here is uh, Gen Z never learned to read cursive. Oh yeah, this is I I this is a piece in the Atlantic I think yeah mm -hmm. the Atlantic article about uh, Gen Z not reading cursive which is pretty obvious if you just think about it for a second and uh, I don't know seems fine to me. I'm, so great. I'm not concerned at all. I'm thrilled. Yeah. I remember most of third grade English class being just learning how to read and write cursive. Mm -hmm. For what for what reason, I, I never understood. I didn't even know at the time. Like, it felt like, yeah. at the time, it felt like this is archaic. I, didn't, I, don't, think, I don't think I knew the word archaic then, <laughs> but I could feel that it was archaic. I, I had a different feeling where I was like, this is how adults write. Really? Yeah, and it's like, you guys are finally going to learn cursive. And once you know how to do the basics, you have to write all of your essays, all of your like sentences and papers and everything from now on in cursive. And I was like, man, this is like a paradigm shift. Like I'm, I'm going to have to be doing this forever. Like I better get good at this. And you knew about paradigm shifts. <laughs> yeah. I said this yeah, verbatim. <laughs> and then uh, you start fourth grade and they're like, no, you don't have to use cursive. What are you, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? And I've never used it again. Not even once. Yeah. So I'm well, sure. what about signature? There was there was a discussion in the article about how like how are Gen Z kids kind of know know what their signature That's is? The dumbest story <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> the world's going shit, guys. No one's gonna be able to sign anything. Our entire signature based system of trust <laughs> is going down the tubes. How are it we was, know it if was credit so cards have been before. <laughs> it looks like 2010 Common Core is the one that really killed cursive right and i think it's the first uh positive thing i've heard about the common, <laughs> common core, core stuff, yeah which I, you know with all the new math and all that right uh, pushback yeah uh but if it killed cursive honestly i think uh, net positive
I'll trade I'll trade one new map for one death of cursive. Yeah. Yeah. The top comment on here is about uh, a reference to Isaac Asimov essay also describing like the world forgetting about previous things and it gives the example of dry weights and I honestly I don't know if these are fake or not. I guess they're real, I, but I've never heard of them. I mean except for pints and quarts, but two pints to a quart, two quarts to a pottle. You know what a pottle is? Two pottles. Yeah, two pottles to a gallon. Two gallons to a peck, four pecks to a bushel, two bushels to a strike, two strikes to a coom, two two cooms to a quart, five quarts to a way, and two ways to a last. Are those fake? None of those are real. None words. of those could be no. real, right? This person is like a performance artist slash word inventor. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's convincing. This is so. I guess quart. We got quarts still. We got gallons still. I did not know that bushels were a measure of volume like a form or ever formalized as a measure of, of volume, but that's the only other one I think I've heard of at all. And I guess a pottle is just half a gallon, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's fun to know about, but it's also is pretty infuriating that this is almost a beautiful binary measuring system. Oh yeah. Except for the five, two, two, two yeah. except for the five. And then they just skip one order of magnitude, two gallons to a peck, four pecks to a bushel. Mm. How much is a uh, a double peck or a, or a half bushel? Yeah, well, this is the problem with the imperial me- uh, system instead of metric. You know? Yeah, well, is this well? I don't know which one this is. If it was pure binary, I'd be like, you know, this is as good as metric. Honestly, I'll take this over metric any day. Imperial is is true chaos, uh, or I don't even know. It's like, should we try to get Pottle going and like just use it in in common speak and just oh, to absolutely pretend that people the know bar it. Yeah, take, like, yeah. What size you want? Uh, Pottle of the IPA, thanks. That would be a, a half gallon. <laughs> Acceptable. It's a lot, lot of IPA. Yeah, that's it's for a table. Okay, sure, yeah. Two of us. Yeah, instead of a pitcher. That's, that's right, the problem yeah. when people don't know what a pitcher that's is. They the were, we need They're to like, say you pottle. mean a pottle? <laughs> uh, um, okay, and then the last one that I have is uh, an Ask HN. How do you find weird parts of the web? Uh Interesting and they gave some <laughs> they gave some out there examples. Timecube.2enp.com is uh, yeah something about. I mean, I didn't get very far down this page, which is in uh, set in like size fifty font for their body text, just as a example of how unhinged the website is, and it's talking about different units of time and how time doesn't exist or. Sure. You yeah. Know, all sorts of all sorts of various things. Uh, belly button logic. Yeah, and, I was just getting to the belly yeah, button. Yeah, that that one I couldn't figure that one out either. But there are some weird parts of the web, and if you want to find some, people are linking examples at this uh, Ask HM. Maybe the worst thing on this website is the fact that inexplicably there's more left padding on this page than right padding. Yeah, I, I was okay. Yeah, I that is. That is pretty weird. So it's just like all off to the right. Except, so there's one image on in the left on the uh, left. margin. Yeah. yeah, in the left margin that shows how a day rotates. Right. Yeah. No. There's as we all know, uh, Earth has four days simultaneously each rotation, uh, right. and this is all very real and sciency. Yeah. And uh, it's good to know this this very real science that exists out there. Yeah. My only comment to the to the weirdos out there <laughs> i hope they don't mind being called weirdos uh, i hope yeah. it's a point of pride it should be if you're one of them sure it's, i'm using it 
in an endearing way. I will say the this AskHN uses uh, the term things on the fringes of sanity. So I yeah. think if we're going to be offended, they'll probably be offended more by that one than being called weirdos. Right. And the rest of that sentence is, or sometimes far over the line. <laughs> the thing is, anyone who's reading this who actually works at, say, timecube.2enp.com definitely thinks they're the ones on the fringes of sanity and not the ones way over the line. And that's how you know they're way over the line. Um, well, I get the the thing that I want to tell them all is, I, I I like that they're not conforming to any one particular web design format. Like they're you know they're it doesn't look like a traditional website, which is good. Mm-hmm. I think there are too many traditional looking websites, um, but they don't have to look like '90s style CSS, True. which this one does. And there's like you can I think you can be weird and modern instead of being weird and retro. So I, that's my challenge out there to the weirdos is to to create some crazy web designy stuff to post weird content to that looks uh, not like the '90s. Right. Well, that's the thing about just having just like plain HTML, uh, probably with all like inline CSS, just to like tweak font sizes and all web standard fonts and everything. Is that uh, it's hard to not look like the '90s? You know. Yeah, maybe. You just kind of converge. Well, well, you can do some stuff that wasn't possible in the 90s. And I think that's the way to get out of it. Like, use CSS properties that are only recently available. There. To do some crazy, like, outline shapes with the sure. how, how it justifies and some flowy stuff. and Some column layouts. Yeah. Your fave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And the, like the, and the color, you know, we have a lot more color choices now instead of whatever eight colors there were in the original CSS spec. This uh, site, the TimeCube one, does have this nice kind of graph paper background. Yeah, the graph paper with the warping is yeah. cool. Yeah, I like that. It's, uh, it's not terrible. Yeah. I will say there are some cool, the main answers to this seem to be, there are directories where anyone can just post a link to mm-hmm. whatever their site is. Uh, one that I that jumped out is 512kb.club, 512kb.club. Mm. And it seems to be just like anyone can get their link to their site posted on here. If, 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 if their website is under, is under 512 kilobytes. kilobytes. Okay, well, that rules out uh, <laughs> colinhacks.com. I think mine would work if I didn't have a custom font, mm. but my custom font does push it over the, the half meg. Yep, yep. Uh, but it is just like a giant list of links. Uh, you know, speaking of kind of new cool things, as you scroll through this list, there's a little progress bar that's embedded uh, into just like this list layout that tells you how far down it you are. I don't know how else to explain this. Are you on 512KB? Yeah, I am. I would just explain it that like each row shows you as a percentage how close that website is to filling up their 512 kilobytes. Oh, I see. I thought that was your progress through the list. Uh, but it's actually Well, it, it, because, it's because it's by sorted by size, it, gotcha. it also it is, is that. Yeah. But it does look fun. When, when you scroll through it, it looks cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. This top site, which has a totally not sketchy at all name of 2hash.ru, there's just not a lot of great information you can get from a site that's 1.86 kilobytes. It's really just... Wow, this actually looks pretty good, but it's just really just two paragraphs with absolutely nothing on it. So, uh, you know, I'd say uh, you know, put it on minimum size. You know, you want to release five some five kilobyte sites, so, you know, to, to really get some uh, some real meaty content. You know, well, I uh, there's uh, our our pal Maciej Suglowski Maciej. has some thoughts on that. 
uh, on how big a website should be based on the actual size of the great Russian texts in history. Mm. And he says that your website should be smaller than... Than War and Peace. Than War and Peace, yeah. Wow. And I think War and Peace is just like like, uh, like in the kilobytes. Could it be... Is it okay if my site is smaller than a digital scan of every page of War and Peace? <laughs> Even then it might be close. Yeah, it still might be cutting the close. Mm-hmm.